0: When we lead a boot camp at Ransomed Heart, one of the most inviting, powerful, transformative sessions is the final one with Morgan Snyder, and it's on the topic of sonship. It's a moment where men all of a sudden realize what it means to truly step into their identity as a son of God, to truly live life with God. I'm Alan Arnold. You're listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. And this is part two of our two-part series on Sonship. We're going to pick up on the conversation we started last week with Morgan Snyder, John Eldridge, Craig McConnell, and Bart Hansen diving deeper into what it means to step into our identity as sons of God.
1: For me, one of the big frontiers where I feel like both desperately in need of the father and also experiencing him in very new ways is in my marriage. I've been married you know, to Sherry for 14 years. And about a year ago, we had just reached this kind of precipice where I would describe our marriage as mostly good. 90% of it's real good. And we've had our hard years, but 10% of it is just painful. And we would find ourselves again and again in this cycle of continuing to cause harm to each other and just deepen the wounds, deepen the agreements, deepen this belief that this is as good as it gets. And through some wild leading of the Holy Spirit, we got under some really good mentors, and they helped us break through to really come to the center of each other's pain and understand it for the first time. And over the last year, what we found is sonship has been the key in breaking through these new thresholds in our marriage because sonship has allowed Sherry and I to relate almost as siblings in our marriage in a sense that we get to be each other's advocates. We're sons and daughters of the father, and that's our safe place. And so it's given us these tools where we can actually come to the center of each other's pain and understand it and empathize with it and separate it from how deeply it affects us. And I'll give you an example, examples like wrestling with having how many kids we'll have. Sherry and I are both open to as many kids as God wants to bring us. But over the years, she's felt a deep sense that we're to have another child. We have two children now, and she's had a sense we're to have another child. And as she prays and meditates and seeks God's heart, she just sees this third child. And I pray and meditate and seek God's heart and have a deep peace with two children and do not have peace with a third. And so here we are in this area. Mm -hmm. It's the only area in our marriage where we are not moving towards convergence. And it's now years that we've been wrestling with this. And before it was this area of major, like, do not go, no fly zone, right? Because we have a major area of tension and lack of resolution. And what's the issue? Is it her heart, my heart? But because of sonship, it's allowed us to put our weapons down towards each other and come to the center of her desire, her pain, her longing and ask the genuine questions. What is God up to with your life and us in this? And she can do it with me. But without sonship, I have to stay in my place of defending my position. Yeah. But because of sonship, it's really freed me to love mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. wife mm-hmm. in a way that I've never thought possible. And until a year ago, I've never before experienced.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Morgan, as you say that, oh, man, it just, I mean, we've kind of started off saying we're so young in this. And I hear that story. And I'm saying, man, I want more mm-hmm. of that. So let me ask you, in sonship, when you say sonship to help you in that, is God speaking to you how to lead Sherry into going to those no-fly zones? How is the sonship? Make that connection yeah, for that's me.
1: That's actually a good question because, you know, one mentor presented it this way, that as our hearts grow in the belief of sonship, we will anticipate his goodness in the future more and mm. more. Mm. And, and that ultimately as we mature as the sons of God, we will come to a place of infinite anticipation and expectation of his goodness that yes. we actually think good things will come out of whatever circumstances yeah. we're in. Yeah. So without sonship in a situation like that with Sherry, one is solve it. Right. Figure this out. Right. Where's the disconnect? Is it warfare? Is it brokenness? Yeah. We need to come into agreement. Yeah. But as the sonship grows, it's allowing my heart to rest and the outcome's going to be good. Yeah. God has his best intention for my heart, for my wife's heart, and for our hearts as a couple, and therefore, it allows me to participate in the process. It allows me to not try to get to resolution and fix her or solve our problem, as men love to do, but instead just go, I don't know the answer. I don't know where this is headed. I don't know the timeline, but I know that there's goodness at the end of the story, and so it opens my heart to participate Mm. with what God's doing more. Yeah,
3: thank you, because I was a little lost on that. Until you explained that, I think most guys, we just go to fortress mode, you know, in marriage and I got to be careful how this turns out Mm -hmm. and I have to engineer how this I have to engineer how this turns out. Yes. Right? Versus an expectation that someone outside our story is bringing good. Yes. And it's not up to me. Exactly. Right. It frees me to get out of that fortress mentality and make... The right thing
2: yeah. happened, yeah. yes. right? Or performance.
3: You know, arrange for the conclusion yes. I want. Exactly. Right? To let that go. Now I get it. Yes. Like you being a son, anticipating goodness allows you not to engineer the outcome. Exactly. And that free Sherry, oh my uh, gosh, yeah. that's exactly what a woman wants. Right. She doesn't yeah. want to feel like she's being engineered toward an outcome. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. That's, that's beautiful. Good. Huge. Morgan, that question really does churn a lot in my heart and in my mind. And this last year with sabbatical and a journey with God that's been unprecedented in my life, initially I felt the love of God, the love of a father, in the love of you men sending me into that sabbatical. I mean, that was huge, huge for me. And then uh, I got some counseling in it and got some interpretation in my life and there was one part of this counseling that really did usher the father in to me. And I was talking to this counselor about pain and suffering. And you guys know my story. A lot of surgeries, lifetime of surgeries, back surgeries, orthopedic surgeries. Then in the midst of that, I got Guillain-Barre, which leaves me with chronic pain, which I still have that. And as I was describing this, I was asking this counselor, I just said, Do I go there for validation? And he really ushered the father and he says, no, your ability to endure pain is a gift from the father. It's a defiance of pain. And that was incredible to know that God gave me that gift because that life of pain and suffering went from isolation, loneliness of suffering that, to feeling the gift and knowing that that was a gift from God. And all of a sudden, I felt the presence of the mm-hmm. Father mm. in my pain, yes, in my pain, and so I think today, as I even experience this pain, I really feel the Father coming alongside of me, and that's that's him saying, "Son, I realize your pain. Mm-hmm. you remember when you were a little boy and you got burned, maybe with you know on the burner or the mm-hmm. oven or something, and the pain kind of stays with yes. you for a day or two, yes, it just doesn't go away, but But you remember, usually when that happens, either your mom or your dad, usually your mom comes up and hugs you and holds you, and the pain doesn't go away, but the presence of the being loved Mm -hmm. in the midst of the pain, that's what I feel from the Father. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel from the Father Mm -hmm. now, because I realize he's given me this gift. And I don't want to compare myself to what Paul endured, But I think it's something along those lines. You know, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was stoned and left for dead. And he prayed many times for God to take the pain away from him, and he didn't. But Paul walked with God, and he felt the presence of God in his Hmm. life. I think what has shifted in me is a year or two ago, I just felt so isolated and alone Hmm. in all of that suffering. And now I feel the presence of the Father. And the point's not the suffering. The point is the fellowship with the father. Yeah, Wow. Guys, I think my pain has shifted from being a lonely burden to feeling the presence of a father saying, I feel this with you, son, mm. and I love you. Mm. And I feel his love. I feel his presence mm. in mm. that.
3: Mm. Bart, this story is huge because, you know, with the moose story, I was – you know, describing something that came true—you know, something good that happened. I was describing breakthrough, and Morgan was describing breakthrough, his marriage. Craig's getting former lost joys back, but your story is different. Hmm. It's, it's not about breakthrough. And man, oh man, because as I look back at what has damaged father in my heart, through my own father, and then just the enemy interpreting my story against the father. It's been in disappointment, hasn't it? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. this thing I yearned for to happen didn't happen yes. or the abandonment by my dad or whatever, yes. you know, it's, and Satan's just all over that saying, see, see, like you can't trust the father's heart toward you. Yes. And so that's what erodes our confidence there. But you're describing a story where rather than, hey, I got this breakthrough and wow, that really showed me the love of God. Mm-hmm. That's not this story. But you're saying, I am experiencing the love of God in spite of the lack of breakthrough. Yes. That's pretty staggering, frankly. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, to now go from the loneliness of pain to when I feel this pain, I I feel the fathering love with those arms around me. Yes. Oh, I mean, it's it's huge just what that does to my heart.
3: And, okay, like, I'm immediately back to my sons then. Like, my sons, each one of them, are going through some hard things right now, and that's life, you know? There's mm-hmm. disappointment, there's setbacks, yeah. there's dreams that don't get realized, and as a father, man, I just want to come alongside them and put my arms around yes. them, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And that's what you're describing, Yes, right? I just want to come alongside you, put yeah. my arms around you. Holy cow. Mm. There was something else, too, in your story, Barth, I just want to point out, and that is God gave you a gift. He's given you many gifts, but God gave you a gift to endure a pretty phenomenal amount of pain. And not just with the guillain but we've seen it over the years, mm-hmm. just, you know, working together, um, laboring different things together. We've seen your ability. You just have a pretty unique ability to endure pain. And what I'm struck by is you used to feel ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. Like somehow you kind of right. despise the gifting, right? But through the love of the Father, you're coming to a place where you see, oh no, the, the gifting's good. The yes. gifting's from God. Yes, I think there's a lot of fatherless guys out there who actually despise their gifting.
2: Oh yes, yeah. Don't you? Oh yeah, John. And it's it's just not this gift. It's almost every other gift that I right. have a hatred. I had a hatred, right and despised and did not own it. And, oh, my gosh, that just drives you into all kinds of directions that just kill your heart, just shut Cynicism, it down. Cynicism, resignation, yeah. 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 shame. Performance. Yeah. All of it. Yeah.
3: Versus some of the things you've been experiencing with the love of the Father's allowing you to own your
2: gifts? Yes. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying he's taking me back into my story, pulling these things out that are in my giftedness to say, see, see, I gave you this as a gift. Holy cow. And uh, it's been huge.
1: Guys, those are such good stories. So good to hear them. So let me ask this. What is it that fathering allows in your life? By opening your heart to the Father, what is it that allows to be true in your daily walk with God?
2: Oh, Morgan, i immediately go to this... Sonship, this place where I feel the presence of a father and this fellowship with him, it allows my heart to dream. And I've actually actually got a dream for this year. I've got a dream for next year. I've got a dream for the following year. And almost four years worth of dreams Mm. that I have articulated to the father. Now, they might not happen because Quite frankly, he's going to have to arrange for a lot of things for those dreams to come through financially yes. and the schedule and so many things. But the category to dream, yes. mm, oh, what that does to a relationship, just to sit and to dream and talk mm. to the Father mm. about those, mm. oh, my gosh, it brings so much life to my heart.
3: Mm. Jeez, Bart, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow, that's huge. I think for me, Morgan, what I'm struck by is the category of I have a father allows me to be young. Mm. It allows us to be young. You know, there are young places in us. There are young places in me, places that I enter into life where I don't know what to do. And in the past, my story, fatherless, I despise those places. Uh Bury them. Work them with a whip and a lash and make them perform. You know, this just allows like, whoa, mm. like it allows for the young places in us. Mm. And we mm. all have them. And mm. instead of despising them, oh, yeah. it lets me be young. Yeah. Father me. I need fathering here,
1: here, here, and here. You know, mm. yeah. John, when you say young, do you mean a kindness towards the young places so that Jesus can minister to them and mature them? Or you talking about also the permission to just be childlike and that boyhood in us that wants to be expressed to play and have joy
3: yeah i guess both i guess both yeah. i was just thinking more in the category of there are these young places yes. in us all of us Yes, and we don't tend to be very kind to those yes. places yes. you know most men despise that about yes. themselves and but this allows for just a whole openness of, that's okay. Yes. Yeah. I get to be yeah, young. I've yes. got a father. It's not up to me. Yes. Life's not up to yeah. me. That just right. allows this expansiveness of, I get to be young. And then, yeah, I think that allows playfulness mm. and spontaneity uh, yeah. and, you know, some of that
2: stuff that might oh, be man. pretty new to that some That just of... Yeah, that just resonates with yeah. people. Yeah. You get to yes. be young.
4: yes could just see you with a hula hoop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the truth is I've observed it in you guys over the last decade of just this increasing joy, increasing playfulness, increasing spirit of like it's worth fighting for the joy. Mm -hmm. And joy is defiance Mm -hmm. against Mm -hmm. darkness. So Mm -hmm. I've witnessed it. It's true. Mm -hmm. Craig, how about you? Yeah,
4: I think for me where I went with the question immediately was I have this personal – picture that God and I share of of a park bench. And this picture is regularly in my mind to kind of capture my relationship with God as father. And it's a bench that, you know, I sit down in, in this busy, beautiful park with the rainbirds going and uh, the pollen in the air and the cottonwoods blowing in the breeze and kids playing in the park. And I sit in this park bench and next to me is the father kind of in the form of a frumpy old man who's sitting there alongside of me. And there's sometimes there's conversation between us, and sometimes it's just silence and I'm just in his presence. But it's a picture that reminds me of where I need to be and what I need, is this communion, this intimacy. And so where I go with the question is, I'm so looking forward to this bench getting longer mm-hmm others joining me, my son-in-laws, my daughters, my grandchildren. And I have a picture of just the father being a father to me. And then somehow the picture changes, and now I'm the old guy. Yes. And I've got kids and friends and grandchildren sitting there. And it's not like I've replaced him, but I've become so like him. Mm. and. I'm at the stage of life where, you know, I think I'm going to need the father in ways in the future that I haven't. And I'm actually looking forward to where this is going to take me on that bench and just the transformation of my life and how at this stage of life, I'm going to be fathering really well a whole group of people, Mm -hmm. family Mm -hmm. and friends. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it open up
4: a future? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you something, Doesn't need something to live for. Yeah, yeah.
3: It opens yeah. up, this category mm. opens up a future for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm.
0: You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. If this conversation on Sonship intrigues you, we invite you to more. There's the book, Fathered by God, from John Eldridge. There's also the Sonship audio, which is what you've been listening to with this conversation and a one-hour talk from Morgan Snyder at our Wild at Heart boot camp on the topic of Sonship. I'm Alan Arnold. Thanks for listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. We hope to see you back next week.